ladies and gentlemen, you're on the road. The FIW Road Report is live this Sunday, August 13th. I am Will J coming to you live from the Road Rig, and I thank all of you very sincerely for joining me. You can follow me on Twitter at, at WillJFIW, or find me on Anchor by searching FIW Road Report. Alright, so what we'll be doing here is weekly, I will be reviewing the painstaking notes I've taken over the last week of full-intensity wrestling action. You'll be hearing from me every Sunday. This allows for this allows for Tuesday Night Throwdown and Saturday Slam live on the FIW Network to take place, and for all of us to sort of digest it a little bit before you hear me yammer on about what I think. Over the past week, the Cutthroat Tournament got started with the winner to meet the FIW Champion. We got a new Rising Championship to contender and the tag team titles were defended and we'll talk about that coming up because you're on the road Alright, you're on the road. Welcome back. Will J live on Anchor with the FIW Road Report. So this week, a lot going on in FIW. The, co- the Cutthroat Tournament is underway, the Cutthroat Wrestling Tournament, down to the Elite Eight, as it were. Now, after this week's matches, we have eight guys left. It's always precluded by an auction that we hold shortly before the week's matches, where every competitor has had a certain amount of money that they can bet on different stipulations to happen during different tournament matches, maybe to give themselves an advantage or give an opponent like somebody they don't want to see later on in the tournament a disadvantage. And we've seen some unique things happen, including Steven Eversall, former FIW champion, having to wear a fat suit in his tag team match, arguably cost him and Darian Gray the match there, so I I get the sense he won't be happy with the icon who put him in it to begin with. And Terry Masters earned himself a rising championship match by being eliminated in the tournament under sort of dubious means. A.K. Andrews got himself disqualified, and that was another stipulation bought into the auction. On the one hand, it's, it's sort of unsurprising for a talent like the Canadian Wolf to get a title shot so fast, but it's sort of a good news is he lost, bad news is he won situation, because even though he can't move on in the tournament, he's got a rising title match, but he's got to meet Eric Holland, who will always be a tough out. These guys have never faced each other, and it's an interesting dynamic, in my opinion, to have a championship match featuring two brand new opponents who've never had a match together. They don't really know what to expect from each other, they don't really know, you know, how their styles are going to fit together, but the rising title, what we do know is the rising title will be on the line when we're live from the Phillips Arena in Atlanta, Georgia. That's got to be something Terry Masters is pleased with, at the end of the day, that he's got a championship match, although I'm sure he's none too happy about not being able to advance and get into the finals where he would have a shot at the FIW championship. There was the Hellcat tag, too, where Rebel and Crystal Blake paired up to face Brittany and Mercedes Blackwell. Really a unique, and I gotta say, a bizarre match because it was pretty even, until Steven Eversall showed up, of course, and started yelling something we couldn't quite hear at the Hellcat's champion. 
Brittany decided to heck with this and tagged herself in so she could get the pin on Rebel. She did so with her Dangerous Curves DVD-T, but that ninja guy, the, the super ninja Hayato, appeared too and trying and was trying to engage in some, you know, of course, ninja-themed chicanery that kept Crystal Blake from getting the pin. Just a weird situation all around that was the end of a really pretty great tag match, but my feeling here is Eversol's real wound up, wound like a watch, because the girl he was sweet on is now romantically involved with his rival, with the man who took the FIW championship from him, Johnny Amazing. I think this situation's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, because right now... Eversol is desperate. A lot of things aren't going right for him, and so he's dangerous because of that. Part 2, coming up. Welcome back, folks. This is Part 2 of the FIW Road Report. This uh, August 13th, Will J live in the road rig. And we were talking a little bit about Saturday Slam. And I was talking a little bit about Stephen Eversol and how things are not going well for him. He's desperate right now because he just lost the title. He just lost the the girl that he was sweet on to his rival, to the guy that actually took the title from him. A lot of things aren't going right for him, and so he's uh, dangerous because of that. And so later on in the night, Masters opponent Eric Holland teamed with Joey Bad and challenged Tokyo Mass Suicide for the World Tag Team titles. Kira and Yuki have just become the champions, and they're a tough team. But man, that main, main event was worthy of Saturday Slam, in my opinion. And arguably, we almost had new tag team champions, but a little well-placed miss from Yuki fixed that, as Mass Suicide were indeed able to retain their gold. Kind of a gray area to me, really, where miss, whether Miss is an illegal weapon or not, since the Miss gland, we all know, is part of a body and not an object. But nevertheless, Tokyo Mass Suicide got it done and lost, lodged their first defense against a very hot, bad breed, and this could be the kind of kick in the butt that Kira and Yuki needed. What I mean by that is, it's always, I've always said it's harder to keep a title versus winning it. And I think now that Kira Izumi and Yuki Sakuraba can really just sort of take a deep breath and relax now that their first defense is out of the way. Hard as it was, but it's out of the way. And now any of these, any of the questions of whether they were fluke champions or maybe the one, they won the title because, you know, the culture crew slipped on a banana peel or something, that can be put straight to bed. These guys are the real deal. Coming back to the Cutthroat Wrestling Tournament. As I mentioned, eight men remain, and this is the thing I'll touch on a little later on in our news segment before we get out of here, but there appear to be a couple of favorites that have emerged from the field. There's the icon, James Williams, who had a really tough, even match with the Canadian strongman Ike Travers and ended up coming out with a win. And then there's Declan Black. Black, of course, was Gus, Gus Rickland's tag team partner, and benefited from the stipulations that were put on Stephen Eversall and Darian Gray to get the win like I talked about earlier. And I belabor this because Johnny Amazing, during that segment in the ring with Jonathan Hitchens, suggested those two men, Black and the Icon, were two men he would be keeping his eyes on. I'll look a little further into that later on. Right now we got to take a break. Coming up, I introduce you to some fun FIW Road Report stuff that we'll be doing in the future and more on this FIW Championship situation. We'll be back, because you're on the road on Anchor.com.
Welcome back. You are on the road with Will J and the FIW Road Report, only on Anchor.com. I do some stuff on Twitter, too, but where else can you find a voice and a face made for radio like mine? So, I want to explain a couple of things that we're going to commence with in the coming weeks. Before you hear from me next Sunday, I'm going to be putting up a poll on my Twitter feed, at WillJFIW, and it's going to feature four FIW superstars chosen completely at random. I ask you guys to vote on the superstar you want to see in FIW Superstar Spotlight. By the time the Sunday show goes on the air on Anchor.com, you'll know who won my poll. And I'll highlight that, highlight that star in the Superstar Spotlight by talking about some about what they're up to, what their background is. I might play their theme song so you can rock out and pretend you yourself are that superstar. And then I'll put another poll up and around and around and around we go. So, and I do this because Full Intensity Wrestling showcases some seriously eclectic and unique talent, and it's talent you're not going to find anywhere else. So there's always going to be something interesting, in my opinion, to hear about when I do the Superstar Spotlight, and we already know my opinion is the only one that matters. The other fun thing that we'll be doing is what I like to call the power move. And essentially what will happen here is championships are a big deal, probably the biggest deal in the whole of FIW. We're going to walk through the champions each week, and I'll tell you about three or four guys, contenders or not, that the champions should be interested in what they're doing. I've already got a few ideas, but I'm thinking I need to wait till after Throwdown, since there are a couple of big-time title matches. Eric Collin and Terry Masters for the rising title. Part 3 coming up. This is Part 3 of the FIW Road Report this August 13, 2017. I am Will J inside the, power, inside the road rig, and we're talking a little bit about the power move. What will happen here is that championships are a big deal, probably the biggest deal in the whole of FIW. We're going to walk through the champions each week, like I said before, and I'll tell you about three or four guys, contenders or not, that the champions should be particularly interested in what they're doing. I've already got a few ideas, but I'm thinking I need to wait until after this coming throwdown since there are a couple of big-time title matches. For example, Eric Holland and Terry Masters for the rising title, and then the Fighting Spirit Championship is on the line in the main event. Steven Eversall challenges Joe Stanton. He doesn't have to wear a fat suit this time, folks, so, so you know, to see what the power move will bring us. So we'll wait until the next throwdown for that. All right, one more break, and then we'll talk about this situation with Johnny Amazing and the Dream that I mentioned a little earlier. We'll talk about that a little bit, because there's something here very, very small that could turn into something big. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Back after this, you're on the road with FIW Road Report. All right, welcome back. So before we wrap tonight, we're going to talk about we're going to talk some about the situation between the Dream and Johnny Amazing that ter- took place during Slam. Of course, you're on the Road FIW Road Report on Anchor.com. So the situation with Johnny Amazing and the Dream. Johnny Amazing discussed the tournament who he might face while he was in the ring with with. Uh, Jonathan Hitchin. But he seems it seems to me like he forgot that at Bash on the Boardwalk, he's meeting the Dream for the FIW Championship. 
and Dream came to the ring to remind him of this. And really, it was kind of a jarring sight to see the Dream acting really serious, matter-of-fact. I don't even think I saw him strut or smile like he used to. He just very matter-of-factly said, you know, that, that, that he's not the FIW champion, but he intends to change that. And then he just left the ring. I think Dream thinks... I, I don't think he's, honestly, I don't think Dream is in this to have a good match with his friend and have a good time and just, you know, be happy to be here. I think Dream thinks Johnny is not seeing him as a legit threat to his belt. And although he's, you know, he's looking ahead to having a great match with the Icon, maybe a match with Declan Black. And even though Dream has come really close to some major championship wins in the past... Johnny didn't really spend near as much time talking about the man he does have to face in the dream versus a couple of guys like the icon, like Declan Black, who he might face down the road, provided Dream doesn't take the end up taking the belt from him at the bash. I've always been a fan of the dream, mostly for his attitude because he's so positive and he understands the entertainment factor of wrestling, but he's very akin to like an Eli Manning type of competitor where when the lights are on bright and the competition really matters, Dream is going to be really, really hard to beat. He was really he was a real problem for the crew back when they were around. I see him being a problem for Johnny Amazing. If I were to predict anything, I would begrudgingly say due to the experience and due to Johnny being a two-time FIW champion, I think he's going to take it. But pro wrestling is a weird beast. Dream could shock him and shock the world because he's entirely capable of winning big matches against big-time superstars. He's done it before. Can he or will he do it again? I suppose we'll have to wait until Bash of the Boardwalk to find that out. All right, y'all, that's it. For the, F- uh, the inaugural FIW Road Report has reached its conclusion. We're at the end of the road. Will J here saying thanks so much for listening. Keep up with me on Anchor.com and at Twitter at FIWWillJ. And stay on the road with the FIW Road Report. Everyone, please have a pleasant Sunday.